Hey guys, welcome to our podcast at the Clemson Foothills Church. We're glad you're here. Join us as we discover what the Bible says about Jesus loving God and serving each other. Feel free to visit our website at clemsonfoothills.com and find us on Facebook at Clemson Foothills Church. At CFC, we're just a group of people following Jesus and helping others do the same. So hopefully this podcast will be useful to you. Now let's dive into the episode for this week. Spirit, I would really encourage you to go back and and refresh yourself on this area. Here would be my hope, right? We we had scratched such a small area, like it's so difficult. If we were going to try to teach about the Holy Spirit in His entirety, we wouldn't have enough time on this planet, okay? And just the little bit that we've been able to talk about is absolutely amazing. Right? My, my hope is for each and every one of us is that we can articulate who the Holy Spirit is, what is his role, and how is he working in our lives, and what does the scripture teach okay, about this? Because a lot of times as we've shared, the Holy Spirit can seem very kind of nebulous, kind of like a, a thing, like a, a ghost that's out there that's kind of, you know, has this mystery, or we feel like we have to do some ultra-spiritual kind of thing to get the Holy Spirit's attention, right? And as we've seen, it's much simpler. It's much more, it's much more down to earth than that. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit, and there's not even a single word that can even come close to, the, to describing the presence of God, okay? But we've talked about the Holy Spirit as a guide, as one walking alongside of us, as a counselor, a reminder, a life giver, all right? The Holy Spirit throughout Scripture, when the Holy Spirit is present, brings life, okay? And sometimes that's what we end up losing in Christianity, mm. is Christianity can become a theological exercise, where we want to know information and we want to know facts and we want to be able to, you know, use the right scriptures in the right way and we forget that this is coming down to life inside of us, right? I mean, true life-giving and a transformer, as Christian was talking about. It's God's very essence inside of us, transforming us not into, again, not into a better version of ourselves, but actually into the likeness of Jesus. And what's fascinating about that, okay, again, what, oftentimes it can be really easy to think, okay, I'm going to be transformed, and then I'm going to be a more likable person, I'm going to be a more fun person, I'm going to be more, like, like, you know, it's just, I'm going to be more well-rounded and all these things. Here's the interesting thing. Our king, who we're being transformed into, right, came as a servant, right? And that's the very thing that the Holy Spirit will continue to draw us into, is transforming us into a servant, but more than just a kind of mindless servant, somebody who loves others well. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. And we've looked at a few verses on that. 
Okay, and this idea of what the Spirit is guiding us toward is loving others well. Okay, and sometimes we forget about that. Unfortunately, the, the mark that's left behind in Christianity is not one of people being a servant or loving well. Okay, and we can look into our own homes, look into our own homes when we go away to holidays. Do the people that we inhabit their homes, would they say, wow, we have a servant among us? Right? Oftentimes, oftentimes it's the opposite. Right? Like, I, I want to just put my feet up. I just want to relax. I just want to, and, and that doesn't even sound horrible. Except for the simple fact that the Holy Spirit inside of us is going, no, you're being transformed to serve people well. Okay, and so that's what we have right here. And we finished up a couple weeks ago. We we're about to start this verse. You can turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter four. All right, here's here's the deal. What what this comes down to is not a list of what I can do and what I can't do. All right, oftentimes that's what we expect from the Bible is God, tell me what I'm not supposed to do and tell me what I'm supposed to do and then we'll kind of live in misery over our lives, kind of working that out, okay? The message that we get is a message of here's how to be a human being in this earth who loves others well, all right? And here's what we have in Ephesians 4.25. He says, since you put away lying... So let's just stop right there, okay? That's that's a big one. How many relationships have you had where lying has been beneficial? And and, and listen, I, I know there's like there's there's folks in here and you're going, but you know, and you're and you're thinking of like these these like Dumb little lies, like, you know, these, these silly jokes. Kind of our world goes there, right? Well, if my wife says, like, how do I look in this, you know. Listen, here's what I would say with, with, with that argument, like, like grow up, <laughs> okay? Is, unfortunately, I think what can happen is all of us can be fairly comfortable with being people who may allow dishonesty to be a part of who we are. Okay? And so again, so is he saying, listen, don't lie. If you're going to follow Jesus, don't lie. Rather, going, man, if you want to have kingdom relationships that are like Jesus at all, stop lying. Like there's no place for that in the kingdom of God. And so he says, since you put away lying, Speak the truth, each one to his neighbor, because we are members of one another, right? So this is really fascinating because what we've read so far is Jesus has said, listen, when you obey me, like I will ask my father and he will send you the spirit. And Jesus had articulated that, that when we obey him, we love him, which, which honestly makes perfect sense, okay? For the king to come down and go, Here's the way to be a human being in the kingdom of God. Like, it's ridiculous for us to go, I'm not going to do it your way. Right? And yeah. so he's given us this avenue. He's like, listen, I want you to obey me. 
okay? And I'm going to put you in a community of people because it isn't just individuals like buying into Jesus' way. It's this idea of a community coming together, a spirit-filled people. And he said, here's what's going to be an incredibly beneficial part of that. Speak the truth, each one to his neighbor, because we're members of one another. Be angry and don't sin. I think we spend far too much time. Like if you've done Bible studies on what does it mean? Maybe your version says, in your anger, don't sin. Right? The, the Bible isn't saying that there is some kind of like beneficial form of anger to have. Okay? And in fact, the challenge would be, can you be angry and not sin? I would say probably not, okay? But if you found the way, he says, be angry and don't sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Don't give the devil an opportunity. The thief must no longer steal. Instead, he must do honest work with his own hands so that he has something to share with anyone in need. No foul language is to come from your mouth, but only what's good for building up someone in need so that it gives grace to those who hear. This is pretty fascinating right here, just in community of how do we love one another, okay? <clears throat> Only speak what is good for building up. And here's the interesting verse. And don't grieve God's Holy Spirit. Let's think about that for a second. Don't grieve God's Holy Spirit. All right, it's pretty fascinating because... Now we're getting this idea of the presence of God who's come to live inside his children. So you're telling me I could live in a way that God's Holy Spirit is grieved, upset, stunted, moved. Like that can happen? And so I would ask you to consider this. When, when was the last time this was considered of how am I tending to God's presence inside of me who has emotions, feelings, is personal. The Holy Spirit is not impersonal. It's not, it's not a piece of like, you know, software that's been downloaded into our soul. He says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. He said, you were sealed by him for the day of redemption. All bitterness and anger and wrath and shouting and slander must be removed from you. Along with malice. It's pretty fascinating that he plugged this term amongst this section of scripture. It's pretty fascinating. I don't think that he was writing all of those things and then thought, oh my goodness, I meant to put don't grieve his Holy Spirit like three chapters earlier, but I'm going to throw it in there now. Okay? The location of this gives us an understanding of, well, how would I know? How would I know if I'm grieving the Holy Spirit of God? Okay, so... When we're lying, angry, and deceitful, and stealing, and 
the words that come out of our mouths, the, the, the foul language, the language that doesn't build up at all. <coughs> Bitterness, the wrath, the slander. Do any of these, like, have they, have you noticed any of these, like, take root at all in a, in a normal week of your life or different circumstances that happen, okay? So let's, here's, here's why I think it's, it's important to slow down. Here's the big one right here um, where he says all bitterness and anger and wrath. I, I think these things can kind of come in and slander. This is a big one, and, and it requires our attention, I think, a little bit here, okay? Because here's the interesting thing. I feel like our world is getting angrier by the day, and it's becoming more and more okay to vent your anger, okay, and to say things without thinking, right? This is what's stunning about myself that I learned, is how quickly... I'll attribute something to somebody with there being no proof whatsoever of that being true. Mm. It's just how I feel. Somebody does something I don't like, and I get angry and say something about them or who they are or their character or something like that. Here's the interesting thing is, is guys, like, this is the normal, like, way the world works. We Christianize this, though, I think, sometimes. Hmm. I think we Christianize this in a way of, of maybe, let me give my, um, like, you know, I, th I think in our own conversations, we can describe people and say things about people yeah. in a way that we've kind of Christianized slander. Wow. Well, well, let me just say this about this person. Well, listen, if it's not true, you just put something in my head that's not true about that person. Right? Like, like, here's the interesting thing is, is this requires some attention and some seriousness about this. You know, we've, we've kind of, we've, we've talked on a kind of sub-level, like we've talked about students with our teachers. You know, it's, it's really fascinating when you, it, you know, like students with their teachers, it's, it always is amazing to me when a student says, my teacher is stupid. And I'm like, heaven forbid that never comes out of a Christian's mouth. Uh, mouth. I, I pray that never happens. Okay. But it's that idea of like saying something like that. Of going, hold on a minute. Like, like we, like teachers become kind of that thing. Administrators, bosses. Like they all kind of fit into a category where we can kind of just throw things on them. And, and you may think, but it's true. I wonder if Paul said something about that. No foul language should come from your mouth, but only what's good for building up someone in need. So that it gives grace to those who hear. This is this is a big deal. Yeah. This is a big deal. And going to what? We've got to speak the truth to one another about this. Amen. Because what ends up happening is, is as, as Paul wrote up here. All right. If we're not going to grieve the spirit, 
I think this is where we need to speak the truth. And, and, and I think sometimes in our own like hyper compassion and hyper empathy. Okay. So I'll give you an example. This is a fake example. Okay. But like if Royce comes to me and Royce is like, I'm just going to tell you about this person and they're there. And you know, he clearly doesn't like them and he has like their, you know, rotten and the things they do are rotten and all that kind of stuff. Here's the easy thing to do is in my hyper empathy to go, Royce is going to be okay. Listen, I know that's hard, man. I mean, we, yeah, that's hard. I get it, man. It's so difficult to do that. Okay. That, no, listen, that's perfectly fine to go. I understand that's hard. But stop saying those things. Yeah. Stop saying those things. Okay. It's, that's how serious we have to be about this. Like it, it, it's becoming more and more, I think, sensitive to my own ear. Like even when people come and talk to me and they're saying, I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, let's stop for a second. Right? Anger and wrath and bitterness. And there's, there's not an acceptable justification right. in any way in our world. Right? And, and I know we, we all have found maybe like the avenue that we can find and we can say things about people who have done things or whatever, but there's no avenue for this. So we have to call it what it is, is unless we're okay with going, okay, Father, your presence inside of me, I'm going to grieve it mm. to vent my feelings. <coughs> this will differentiate a community. Okay. This will differentiate a community. Yeah, well. is, is this, especially in our world, it's getting louder and louder and louder of all the people who you can hate and all the people who you can say bad things about and all those things. And I go back to, it's amazing, it's almost amazing that Paul would parallel Jesus' own teaching of love your enemy. This is where we, we've got to help each other. This isn't just an individual effort of not grieving the Holy Spirit. It says be kind and compassionate to one another, mm -hmm. forgiving one another, just as God also forgave you in Christ Jesus. That's a pretty powerful section right there. It says, just as he forgave you, things change when we remember, oh my goodness. Wow, I mean, you know, there could be a lot of things that people say about me. And wow, and thank God that that's not happening. Thank God that, that I've been extended grace, right? I mean, there's a lot into this right here. So we, we, we're considering this about his Holy Spirit, his presence living inside of us. Don't grieve his Holy Spirit, okay? And so we're examining these things, okay? Let's look at 1 Thessalonians 5. These two are kind of like back-to-back -back heavy hitters. Ephesians 4, 1 Thessalonians 5 right here, okay? Quite honestly, the most difficult, one of, I would say the top five most difficult commands in the Bible. Rejoice always. <laughs> Isn't it though? I mean, I, literally, man, I'm the poster child of, of like this, I make this look so hard. Because there are times where, where there's like rejoicing should be happening and I can find a way to be a grump. Yeah. Anyway, rejoice always. Pray constantly. 
right? I mean, there's something about God living inside of us, his Holy Spirit, his presence coursing through us. And he's saying, listen, talk to me all the time about everything. No matter what it is, just talk, pray constantly. Give thanks in everything. Mm. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Have you ever thought that before? What is God's will for my life? What is God's will for my life? Oftentimes we think like some specific job or place we're going to live or something like that. But this is interesting. His will for our life is that we would rejoice always, pray constantly, and give thanks in every circumstance. They're pretty fascinating. Okay? Don't stifle the spirit. There it is again. Well, how do we do that? Did he just, again, did, did Paul just kind of like place this in there? Or was there a particular reason for this? Was he saying like, hey, let me, let me like draw this out a little bit so we get an idea of what does it mean to stifle the spirit? Well, I think if we were to go to Paul and ask him about this and go, Paul, I don't rejoice at all. I rarely ever pray and I'm not really thankful for much. I think he'd be like, dude, you're a classic example of what it means to stifle the spirit. Right? There's something about like the freeing up of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives through this. The tough part is, why is this so difficult? Why is it so difficult to rejoice always? Why is that so? It seems like that should be such a good thing. Yeah. Seems like it would be so, these are like the easy things, like praying constantly about that. That's not difficult at all. Giving thanks in everything. It's really fascinating because, because these sections that we're talking about where he's, where he's integrating the, the Holy Spirit into them and the, and, and the behavior and the life of the Holy Spirit into them, it's really fascinating because when I start looking at that, I'm like, man, to live in step with the Holy Spirit. That's exactly the kind of like life I want to live on this earth. That's what humanity is looking for. Is communities of people coming together who they don't lie and they don't steal and they and they tell the truth, but they're rejoicing always and they're praying constantly and they're thankful always. Right? This is so distinctly different. Forgiving each other. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't stifle the Spirit. What, what do you think would be a starting point? Like, let's say, for instance, we're reading these passages and you're going, oh man, I'm in a little bit of a slump. Maybe that's how it's been this December or this fall or this year even. I'm in a little bit of a slump here. Could you imagine something as simple as just a conversation with God? It's almost too simple. God, I'm in a slump. I need help. 
Mm. Right? Have these words like crept into our prayers recently? Or is it just, sometimes it's really easy to kind of go, okay, I'm in a slump, so I'm just going to be quiet and not say anything and hopefully like I'll <coughs> drift out of it at some point. Mm. Instead of when you tell me that God's presence is living inside of me and I'm in a slump and I'm having a hard time because I'm angry and I'm having a hard time because I'm, I'm seeing all this hatred around me and I'm participating in it. The simplest thing in the whole world would be, would, would just be to talk to God. I'm in a slump. Help me. Guide me. To have that very simple conversation, okay? Maybe this is more helpful. Romans chapter 8, okay? Romans 8 verse 26, okay? Here's the interesting thing. In the same way, the Spirit also joins to help us in our weakness. Have, have you thought about that? I love this verse. No. The Spirit joins to help in our weakness because we don't know what to pray for as we should. This right here takes all the pressure off of a prayer life. It takes all the pressure. If you're worried, like, am I saying the right thing in the right way, in the right order? Is it the right, like, am I, am I articulating it correctly? Am I explaining it enough? Am I all these things? He said, listen, hold up. Listen, truthfully, he's saying we don't know what to pray for as we should. But the Spirit intercedes for us with unspoken groanings. Okay? I don't know what that sounds like in the spiritual world. Okay? Don't feel like you have to start groaning when you pray. Okay? I mean, you don't. Listen, don't. But, but here's the interesting thing. I don't know what that means, but that sounds awesome. Right. Okay, isn't it fantastic that you can be having a conversation with God and, and without the Holy Spirit, God is maybe going, you don't really know what you should be praying for, dude. All right. And his Holy Spirit is going, let me explain what he just said. Okay, no, no, no. God, I know you hear it. I know you're working, but this is what needs to be said right now. Okay, this is fascinating. This is fantastic. Amen. Right? Pray constantly, and you mean that I don't have to, again, this doesn't mean that I can be irreverent and unthoughtful and unintentional and all those things. It's not that at all. But it's wonderful that the Holy Spirit is like the God interpreter. And go, I'm going to take what you're saying, and it's going to be filtered through, and, and, and I'm going to say it perfectly. That's pretty fascinating. And he who searches the heart knows the Spirit's mindset because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Okay, listen. This is one of those passages we've got to just marinate in for a minute. Right? And just think about it. If we were to personify, like embody the Holy Spirit walking next to us, I mean, this would be a fascinating idea. And we're praying, 
and the spirit is going, okay, that, and, just, and just, just saying the perfect thing, God going, oh, okay, I get it, I understand that, That's, you're exactly right, that's what we need to do. Alright? Here's the hope, it takes some pressure off. It takes some pressure off. Spirit joins to help in our weakness. Okay. Have you ever had somebody try to help you in some way? But you didn't allow them to help you. I mean, just think about just sometime in your life. If, has that ever happened before? Okay. Where, where somebody's tried to help you. Okay, I think we've probably all had that before. Have you ever had somebody help you with something, but you didn't even really acknowledge that that was helpful at all? Okay. I mean, the, the, the examples could be so vast. I mean, it could be physical areas of service. It could be all kinds of different things where somebody has tried to help me and you. Well, here's what's fascinating about this. And, and it goes back to really the heart of 1 Thessalonians 5. How we think about a scenario or a circumstance really is the whole ballgame. Okay. How we think about it. Okay. Meaning, like, I can look at something and go, there, there's, this is terrible and horrible, and why did this happen to me? And all of these things, okay? And the same scenario we could rejoice in and be grateful for. It's the same thing when we've had times where people have come alongside to help us, but it's one of those things that my attitude is already in a place where I'm like, no, I don't care. Like, the help really isn't going to be helpful. Right. Okay? This is, everything is coming down to what goes on between our ears in so many ways. It's how we view our circumstances, how we view life in front of us, how we view, like, what's happening. In the same way the Spirit joins to help in our weakness. We don't know what to pray for as we should, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with unspoken groanings and he who searches the heart knows the spirit's mindset because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. There's a lot going on right now that we can't see. Okay? Like we're describing something that's happening right now. Like it's happening inside of us. It's happening around us. It's happening amongst us. I want you to consider that, okay? Is God who created through his spirit, okay? The spirit who, who raised him from the dead is at work this instant right now. All around, all inside, right? And, and he's, he's bringing us along. He's, he's helping us be transformed. He's actually transforming us. Like that's a that's a process that's occurring right now. But I'd like for us to consider what we've spoken about so far. Okay. 
is this idea of, man, has there been some grieving going on? Okay, it's, it's pretty fascinating that, that the Holy Spirit, who's, who's trying to produce such goodness inside of us, can be grieved and stifled. It's, it's pretty fascinating, but when you stop and consider, like, that's happening right now. It's happening amongst us, and it's happening inside of us. And it's how we view our circumstances, and it's how we view one another. It's how we view Scripture. Like, what will this mean? That's really the question. Then what will this mean for me moving on from here? You know, here's the interesting thing. This is what is one of the most difficult things about this is, listen, I can tell you this, man. I can blow it in being a grumbler and a complainer and, like, finding things wrong. Like, I can blow it crazy like that, okay? And then I can read something like this, rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks and everything. And, and here's what's fascinating about that, is I can resist that because it's kind of embarrassing to go from being a grumbler to being a rejoicer. I don't know if anybody else has ever felt that way. Like, oh, you know what, it's kind of embarrassing. Now everyone around you sees like what a grumbler you are. And you're like, now you're like all about rejoicing. And you're all about like giving thanks in all circumstances. And maybe this isn't your thing, but it might be. I go, well, I don't want to go too hard into this one because then I'm going to feel kind of dumb. And what the depth of my grumbling has become. And the depth of my like, like bitterness and the depth of my like negativity is there's almost a part of repentance that's like, man, if I go really deep into this, it's, it's gonna, I'm going to turn myself into everybody because they're going to see immediately, like, dude, what happened to that guy? <laughs> like, why is he all Mr. Rejoice Man now? Mm. Okay? That's repentance. Okay? That's repentance, but don't let it stop you from going, oh, man, let me... Be a little bit, get into this covertly so no one really, like, let me ease my way into it. Okay, I'll rejoice 10% more every day. <laughs> so I kind of like slowly come out of it, you know, <laughs> right? And like save face instead of going, man, this could be changed. Like the way I think about things could be changed very quickly. And you may disagree. You may go, no, 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 Keith, you don't understand. It's too hard to do that. Okay? I'm just going to share from me. It isn't as hard as that. Okay? Rejoice always. Pray constantly. Give thanks in everything. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. We have a Holy Spirit who intercedes for us. Here's my hope. Hopefully, as we've kind of studied out the Holy Spirit for a few weeks, that just, just the intentional thought of the Holy Spirit has become has begun a change. Right? 
But really, the question is going to come down to, okay, like, what, what will I do with this? What will I do with what Paul wrote? About stifling and grieving and being joyful and putting away anger and wrath and slander and all of these things. That's the question that we leave with. Are we, are we just going to stop talking about it? Absolutely not. Because remember, what we're tying in here is this idea of Jesus when he said, hey, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. We're discovering how he does that. How does he actually turn us into a fisher of men? Through his Holy Spirit, through his word, in a community of one another, uh, one anothering together. Okay? So we're, we're bringing this together. But again, this doesn't go away. So let's pray. We're going to sing one more song. And I would encourage you to go back with all of the passages we've looked at and really dig in. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about us or have any questions, please visit ClemsonFoothills.com. You can also text Foothills to 94000 to stay up to date on everything going on here at CFC.